We spend far too much time worried about what makes us different than the next person or better than the next person and not enough time thinking about why we should respect the next person. We all have a story, an overarching theme that runs through our lives and makes us who we are. The problem is, we think that since each of our stories is different, there's not a lot of perceived value or shared struggle. But we have far more in common than we can imagine, and what motivates one person can certainly help us as well. The Third Lab Podcast is about understanding, respecting, and appreciating the struggle that it takes to overcome immeasurable odds in order to reach your destiny. Join me as I interview and bond with some of the most inspiring and incredible people, diving into their why to get a full understanding of their being. Without each other, we have nothing. So let's go on this adventure together and take on the future with open minds and open hearts. Welcome to the Third Lap Podcast. So hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. This is an exciting day for me because this is actually the inaugural first episode of the Third Lap Podcast. And I get an opportunity to, first I'm releasing this on my birthday. So Libra Gang, what's up? September 25th, we in the building. Um, but I get a chance to speak with somebody that, you know, I have the utmost respect for and really just, it's like a brother to me. Um, and so, you know, when I thought about who I wanted to interview for the first episode, really one person came to mind. And so I have the opportunity to introduce today Sharif King, who uh, King Sharif, you know, we're going to get a chance to really dive into who this guy is and why I chose to make him the first episode. But Sharif, what's going on, man? Excited to have you on the show. I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. Like I told you, we talked like a couple weeks ago and I told you, I was like, listen, I'm doing this podcast. I want you to be the first person. I'm glad that you was willing to jump in right here with me. I mean, why wouldn't I? It's only right, man. And it's a great opportunity um, just to build, man. You know how we do. And so, Sharif, I want to give you a couple, like a minute or two here. Just give the people an idea of, of who you are. Give yourself like a 30, 60 second elevator pitch. Who is Sharif King? Well, for me, I want to say I'm into entertainment, lifestyle, culture and sports. Yeah. I would like to go down on paper as an international award winning broadcaster. And yes, sir. For me, I'm just building myself through millennials and Generation Z, just painting that picture, becoming one of the new faces and voices to come for media broadcasting communications. Absolutely, man. And, and that's 100% why I was excited for this, because you're a dude that does everything, right? And, uh, you know, I think that that's important that people understand that you don't have to pigeonhole yourself or be pigeonholed into one place or one opportunity that you can actually exist as an entity in so many different outlets. And so we're going to dive into a little bit later, you know, how you're able to do that. Um, but first, I want to talk a little bit about like how we know each other. So I had the uh, the, the fortune of we actually known each other about four or five years now. So um, I was working for a citizen school. Shout outs to CSNY. Um, and Sharif was one of my teaching fellows at our school, Global Tech Prep in East Harlem. And so that's actually how we originally met um, and our, our friendship and our bond pretty much grew from there. Um, I got to say, you you gave a lot of effort as a teaching fellow. That was your first time working in teaching. Um, and, and that was a, one of the many things that you were doing at that point in time. And so, you know, I appreciate the effort that you gave. You know, you really helped our young students, especially our eighth graders, understand the importance of media and social media. Um, that class that you had was dope. I think the kids got a lot out of it. 
So, yeah, man, you know, I've known this dude, Sharif, now about four or five years. Um, and, and I can say that our relationship grew from coaching into like a brotherhood or a bond at this point. And so, you know, any any thoughts about that time back when we first met each other? No, man, it was a pleasure. And you know what? <laughs> it, it Looking back on it, it was very instrumental for me because oh. I got a chance to kind of show people who I was in a different light. You yeah. know, um, when, you, when you're trying to prove yourself in, in media or broadcast, it's different than when you're trying to explain it to uh, middle school students who don't know a lick about you and they're trying, <laughs> trying to figure you out. And yeah. mind you, they don't want to be there to listen to you, but right. they are giving you a chance, right? And yeah. um, I, I remember my growth because when I first came, it was hard for me, not because I... I just didn't have, you know, the experience of teaching, but also because I was dealing with eighth graders and it was just yeah. like crazy. It was, right. it was, insane. and then, on t then it turned into thinking that these kids weren't paying attention and then they started to pay attention more and more, yeah. more. And so, um, I used that as a stencil to kind of propel myself, um, in, in broadcast because I, I learned where my audience was. Mm -hmm. So that was that was very instrumental and um furthermore a big piece of of who i am right now absolutely yeah man anybody and i, I know that there'll be plenty of educators tuning into this podcast so listen y'all know the deal with the eighth grade man y'all know how tough it could be to get that breakthrough with those kids um you know they they think they're too cool for school but they're right at that really impressionable age and sharif i, I want to i want to say that you did you know a really good job of connecting with those students and finding a, a middle ground where you can help them get to so that they could truly understand what you were trying to teach them. And so at this point, I also want to give you a chance to talk a little bit about where you're from. So this is the, the part of the segment called Rep Your Hood. So go ahead, Sharif. I want you to go ahead and rep your hood, man. Oh, you know, I, I can do that. <laughs> uh, so like I'm, I'm from Harlem by way of the Bronx, man. And I oh. say now that covers you know, the whole spread from Harlem to the Bronx, I was always back and forth. Um, and my grandmother was instrumental in, you know, me coming up. And she kind of is the reason, you know, why I'm standing here where I am now, because she kind of pushed me and gave me the tools, the gems um, to grow up uptown, you know, from Harlem to the Bronx, traveling back and forth. And anybody who comes up um, in New York City knows that at an early age, you're designed to experience a whole bunch of different things. Yeah. So um, I got to say, I'm, I'm so thankful. 143rd and Convent, the West Side, man. Yes, sir. It was it was definitely dope. And then got to give it up to Fordham Road. You know what I'm saying? Got to give it up to Cedric. Uh, I was always in between those two places, those two areas. And it taught me so much, man. Taught me so much about where I was, the legacy between Harlem and the Bronx. And... Mm -hmm. Being able to grow up on Cedric, I mean, if you know about hip-hop, you know where that started, you know what right. I'm saying? Right there on Cedric Avenue. So to get to see that uh, was just, just furthermore, just a big piece of me and helped me to peak growing up um, uptown. Yeah, man, I feel like anybody from uptown going to rep their hood. So all the people that's from uptown, when they get to their rep their hood section, I know they're going to go hard for their hood, man. Um, and, you know, I, I was blessed to teach initially in the Bronx, and the South Bronx, so back to, you know, the, the origination of hip-hop. Um, I got a chance to really get uh, 
get my roots in South in the South Bronx, moving to New York. Even though I lived in Queens, I taught in the South Bronx and then spent a year in East Harlem um, in El Barrio. And so, you know, I got a chance to really run through a lot of those different places. And, you know, I still got homies on Fordham Road. I still be out there, 125th and Lennox. You know, you know how they give it up uptown, man. And so, you know, it's a beautiful thing, you know, for all the New Yorkers, anybody listening in uptown, man, rep your hood, man, do your thing. Um, and so, Sharif, let's talk a little bit about your story, right? So I would love to hear the beginning of your career. So, you know, we'll get to where, and and let me take a step back, actually, because I see the Syracuse orange behind you. Congratulations, my brother. Congratulations, man. I'm really happy for you. I'm proud of you. Sharif just graduated with his master's. Um, and so, you know, he added another accolade to an already impressive career. Um, and I should have started it off by congratulating you, but we ain't get too far into it before I got to it, man. So congrats. How's that feel, brother, graduating? How you feeling? I, you know, first of all, I want to say thank you, man. It's it's um, it's never too late to congratulate somebody. I feel great just getting an applause from you, man. I mean, you're, you're very instrumental in my career as well, and you saw me build, and it feels great to... Um, be a part of a legacy. I mean, anybody yeah. who gets into uh, the SI Newhouse School of Public Communications, I mean, it's the top school in the country. Yeah. Um, you got to work hard to get in. You got to work hard to stay in. You got to yeah. work hard to finish. Um, <laughs> right. It, it was it was one of those things, man. When I got to the beginning, I didn't know what was going to happen. When I got to the middle, I wasn't too sure. When I got mm-hmm. to the finish line, I'm like, I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I did understand and one thing that was instilled in me was, you know, when you want something, you know, it's going to come times where you will be tested and you'll be grabbing a skill set at the same, at the same time while you're tested. And so, you know, I, I encourage people that, you know, when you're trying to gather your thoughts and when you're trying to obtain something, don't even think about what it is that you, you're losing, but think about what it is that you're gaining. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? That, what you're gaining be, you know, the stencil of, of where you're going and for you to keep going. Because a lot of people, when they think about, oh, I'm going to stop something, they're like, oh, what am I going to lose? No, mm-hmm. think about what you're gaining. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel great. Um, it was hard. It was everything under the sun. Um, it's, right. it's, one, it's a one-year program, and it's intense. It's very intense. The competition is heavy. Right. That's the best people, you know, coming from everywhere. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, it's, it's humble beginnings because for me, I had already had a little bit of time in the industry. So to come back and jump into grad school was just like, you know, I had to humble myself. Not that I came in like, hey, you know, I'm it. Can't nobody tell me nothing. I just knew that I I was already, you know, uh, I was already, I already had the experience. You know, I was already so far in that you know, it, it just taught me like you can always learn something new. You know, mm-hmm. you always uh, take your skill set to the new, to the next level, to to a new height. I was just like blown away at some of the things that other people learned or brought to the table, rather. And I learned from my peers just as well as my professors. So to be here, you know, to actually say I have a master's degree in broadcast and digital journalism with a sports communications emphasis is is beyond me. Plus, I touched on sports. Um, now, you know, just well as anybody else that was instrumental in my career that I focused on entertainment and music and lifestyle. And this kind of put like a new dimension to my game. And so like, I feel like LeBron 
right now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like LeBron right now. And it's still a ways to go, man. But I'm just grateful for where I'm at. And um, I got to give it up to God as well because I had to pray long and hard to get where I'm at right now. And I, and I wouldn't be here without without you, Mal, without anybody supporting me, without God, without my grandmother, my mom, and anybody else that, you know, was rooting for me that I don't know. You're listening to the Third Lap Podcast with Mal Davis. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you dropping jewels, man. We ain't even really get to the meat of the podcast yet. So I already know it's going to be so much knowledge to be gained from you, my brother, in this session, man. I'm really looking forward to continuing forward. And so, um, the big thing here, let's talk about that beginning of your career. So you said that before you graduated Syracuse, you already had some time in the game. So talk to us about how you started out. What, what were those humble beginnings looking like for you from the very beginning? Man, uh, I was interning in a lot of places. I've interned at BT. I've interned at LRG Clothing. Um, and I saw a lot of people come and go. I met a lot of famous people, a lot of artists, a lot of actors, a lot of producers, a lot of people behind the scenes. I'm, I I got a chance to see Skull Candy when Skull Candy mm. headphones got kicked off. And a lot of people took chances on me, man. I was just so um, eager to learn. Um, but at the same time, I knew that there was a competition effort. And for me, I I gained a lot of experience in, in spurts. So I, I would intern at LRG and BET Clothing, um, and a lot of people don't know, I started off in a community college first. Mm -hmm. I started off in a community college because, um, my family didn't have the money. So I had to, I had to find a, I had to find a way, you know, after, you know, studying for one year, I had to find a way to go to HBCU. That's where I really, you know, was just like, you know what? I got to get out of here. I went to the BMCC. Um, and then from BMCC, I transferred, you know, I transferred into Delaware State University because at first, I, you know, I'll be honest, I thought I should study business. I noticed where um, my concentration was and where my fruits were, what, where I was, what I was passionate about, which was media, communications. I will always love to pick up a mic. So I ended up going to Delaware State University and at Delaware State University is really where I dived into a lot. It's really where I took heed to where I was going and what I was doing, getting involved in men's council, getting involved in um, being Mr. Mascom, the WDSU, WDSU TV, WDSU radio, um, just all of those things, hosting homecoming events, just hosting all around campus. That's where it really started for me. That's where it really started for me, Delaware State University. Shout out to all the Hornets, man. It opened up the door for me in so many ways. And, I, you know, I just encourage people to, um, if you get a chance to experience that, experience that. Just your peers and actually working hard. Um, I went by another name, right? Before I got to King Sharif, I was Young Celeb. Then I went from Celeb. I went from Young Celeb to King Celeb. Then for... From King Celeb, I became King Sharif. And so I, I tell that story to say, hey, uh, you just never know how, you know how your journey is going to play out. You know, you can start out with one name, two names. And I, I, you know, I noticed, too, with the persona, you know, I had this young celeb persona because, again, um, coming up, everybody called me celeb. So that was, that was what it was. But I realized, too, in going after another name, you kind of become what you're called. Right. You know, just like 
when when your parents name you, whatever they name you, whatever that means is what you become. So I ended up moving into my name. Um, and nobody ever believed me when I said Young Celeb or King Celeb. Nobody ever believed me when I said those names. They were just like, oh, that's a dope name. You know, they was with it, but they didn't believe it. But when I used my real name, they couldn't believe that was my real, real name. People would ask me, you know, everywhere I go, so what's your name? It's Sharif. For real? I just got lucky. I just got lucky. And all of those things kind of played to my profession as well. And, and you know, to my right and to my effort, I was able to excel with my name. You know, they, a lot of times people say, you know, your name is your golden ticket. Um, and, that, and that's extremely what that was, you know, being able to intern, going to Delaware State University, kicking it, and then um, having to deal with family issues, my mom being sick, getting all the way to the, to the, to the finish line of undergrad, right? And then having to transfer and, and getting pushed back. So now I went from being a, a, a junior slash senior and going into senior year, I had to transfer. So now I transferred to Five Towns College. I get an associate's there because now they couldn't, they wouldn't take my credits. Then from Five Towns College, after getting associates, I transferred to SUNY College at Westbury, where I gained uh, a bachelor's degree in media and communications, and I, my minor was was theater. So that was like in itself. I, and again, it was a repeat step of what I did at Delaware State University because I was a student leader there. I was on SGA there. I was hosting all the events there. You know, I was at the radio station there at Old Westbury, just, you know, putting on everywhere I went, you know, and it was it was just funny how things played out. Um, very grateful. After after that, it was just hustle, man. You know, working for the Rap Fest, working for Dopeness Magazine, doing all of these big interviews, hosting rap battles and beat battles, uh, just hosting a lot of parties. A lot of tours, the loud music tour, shout out to them. Got a chance to do all hiphop.com, you know, shout out to Greg. You know, it was just cool, man. It was just, it was just cool the experiences that I, I got to do and, and touch and, you know, center myself around because without those things, those experiences, I probably wouldn't be where I am right now, man. And just get getting the gist of what's out there, you know, um, working for Hot 97, you know, that. I mean, you've seen the tail end of that. <laughs> I was there for three, three and a half years, almost going on four. And you know what? When I got to the third year, I started to panic. I started mm. to panic because it's like New York breeds. I mean, every city breeds great talent. I'm not even going to do that. Yeah. New York City and every other city breeds great talent. But New York City is just harder to, to develop in. It's a wide array of people just trying to do the same thing. So, I, you know, I begin to panic. And that's when, you know, I was just getting a little bit of time on air. You know, I wasn't getting a lot of time on air, but the city was recognizing me. But I wasn't getting what I wanted. So I was like, you know what, let me work on getting out of there, you know, and working my way to 101.1 of Wiz, working to, you know, jump into Radio 1. That kind of opened people's eyes. Why? Big. Because it shocked them. Like, oh, you just ain't this part-time personality in New York City. You're advanced. Now you jumped and took a full-time job and I was on TV in Fox 19. Um, got a chance to, to cover the BET Awards in, in a way. Um, and then I hit a rock again. 
You know, after two years being laid off, you know, it woke me up again. It's just like, hey, you know, they say in the industry, um, you don't become hot until you get laid off, until you get fired. I never understood what that meant. I was like, what? <laughs> right, like that's counterintuitive. How does that make sense? Like, right. I'm not hot until I get laid off or fired. Right. Like, what do you mean by that? But as I did more uh, research and understood what I was getting myself into, I realized that that was real, you know? Um, but I also got a chance to see who my friends were, who were the people that really rocked with me, you know, where my support system was, because I'll be honest with you, um, 2018, I went into a depression. I went into a deep depression that I wasn't sure that I could make it out. You know, I, I was laid off. I found myself in an apartment. You know, I couldn't pay my bills. I had to get back to New York City. All I had at that particular time were candles. Mm. I would sit in the dark with candles and think about what is my next move. And I could not, for the life of me, get it together. Talk to me a little bit about that, man, because, you know, I think that we we love to focus on the highlights and the highs of our careers. Right. But the third lap podcast for real is about talking about those lowlights, too, and how people use that as motivation to get back on their feet and get back to where they're trying to go. And for you, I think you really not even think I know you really embody that and why I was so excited for you to be the first person that I interview. Uh, for this podcast is because I got a chance. Like you said, I saw you at the end of hot was when we first really started interacting. And I saw some of the mistreatment from from that standpoint. Right. And then I kind of got to see you at each of those steps subsequently to the point where you're talking about that depression now. And I'll never forget the conversation that we had. You you called me. We connected. Um, I was actually out in Boston working for Wayne Tam and, and Selected Incorporated. And, you know, I'm standing outside a bar and, you know, you you kind of laying all of this on the line to me, man, just talking about that self-doubt that had kind of seeped in. Um, and, you know, we've talked about this since, but, you know, it, it hurt me to hear that because you you are and continue to be one of the the best and most talented people that I know. But when you were transparent, you spoke to me about where you were at that moment. You know, I feel like we bonded in a way then that we hadn't before. Um, and it kind of took our relationship to a different level because it took it away from, you know, we were never mentor, mentee, but like, you know, you would come to me with certain things and we would talk our way through it, but like, that was a real life moment. And so talk to us a little bit about like that moment and then how ultimately that moment on that couch with those candles led to you becoming a graduate from one of the hardest communication programs in this country. I was supposed to go to Syracuse in 2013. Okay. I didn't go. The trick and the lesson in that was don't let money stop you. Because at that point, I'm like, oh, I don't have the money. This is Syracuse University we're talking about. I can't. Right. I put it off. Then it came up again. 2015, right where I was working for Citizen Schools under your direction. Yep. And I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll do this online. Again, I put it off because another opportunity came where I felt like that was where my heart was at that time. If I don't take the opportunity, I don't go. I don't want anybody to think that because at the tail end of, you know, me taking that position, I was depressed. It needed to happen. It right. needed to happen. And I wouldn't have known what my worth was. I, I wouldn't have known where I am or where I needed to go or 
you know, what was next for me had I not gone through that, had I not experienced that. Um, there were some things I did right when I experienced it, and there were some things I did wrong when I experienced that. What I did right was I didn't I didn't jump and go ahead and and, and just try to move to the next thing. I wasn't so far ahead of myself to where like, oh, I just I just lost my job. Forget this. Let me go to another industry. Because the reality is in whatever industry that you want to excel in, you're going to experience some hardship. What I didn't do was I didn't reach out to anybody for help. Right. I sat in my misery. And I, I sat in my misery for a long time. And it was just like, yo, you know, what are you going to do? Until something just said, you know what? Get up. What are you doing? Mm. I had talked to my boy, Josh Martinez from iHeart. And he was just like, yo, I'm going to tell you something. You know, the best thing you could do right now was go home. I did not want to hear that. Right. At the end of the day, I'm like, I want to get on. You know, I hadn't had a full taste of that full-time lifestyle for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. So I'm like, I'm not willing to, to give this up. I go back home to New York. I actually, you know, I ended up <laughs> jumping into after-school teaching <laughs> again, <Right>. again. <laughs> this time with a younger group, fifth and sixth graders. <sighs> Didn't want to do it. But they, they also taught me some things about myself in that time. Yeah. You know, they those kids found me, looked me up, found my interviews with A Boogie and Mac Wiles and Jeezy and everybody else before I could even say anything. Thought I was the coolest person around, but I didn't think I was cool. Because I had experienced that, and you could see it in my... If you would have saw me at that time, you probably would have thought, like, yo, what's up with you? Right. You ain't getting no sleep. You Like, you're not, you're not eating right. You could see everything within this power was taking me down. Mm. Was taking me down. Um, but I had to experience that, and being in that moment kind of taught me prosperity and 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 consistency you know finding the light finding the light because the reality is no matter what industry you're in no matter what you do you're gonna always get hit yeah. you know so and and then the more you grow the more you gain especially as an entrepreneur you're yeah. gonna get hit first three four years as an entrepreneur you're gonna get hit it's going it's gonna feel like a bat it's gonna feel like a bat but you you gotta combat that you know and just go at it go at it and i think at that time me being able to combat that and just saying you know what let me just fight this let me just go after this and stay focused on this i came i came this far why am i giving up now i had to find 10 people that were doing what i wanted to do on that next level mm -hmm. and find out what did i align what did i do what did i have that aligned with what they had the one thing that i found that all those 10 people had, it was faith and belief. See, the rest of the world could believe in you, but if you don't believe in yourself, you're going to stay right where you at, right where you at. And if you don't have faith, you don't believe in something that happened, why, why would you want somebody else to believe in you? But what I did was I found one or two or three people. I found five people that I knew believed in me, and I tried to stay around them. Every time I had an idea, I passed it up to them. Hey, this is what I came up with. And they instilled that faith in me. They instilled that in me to 
the TMC grow went to sprout. Before you know it, I was applying for school again. All right, you know what? I'm going to go back to school. Thought I was going to school online. Nope. Ended up going to school, moving to Syracuse, becoming an in-game arena host for Syracuse football, Syracuse uh, women's basketball. And I learned how much passion I had for sports communications, for sports media. You know, there was another element to me. It wasn't just about music. It wasn't just about entertainment. It was about sports. And I remember because I brushed off sports because I played sports when I was young and that was my first love and I didn't make it in it. Right. I brushed it off. When really that's that's what, what my one of my callings is, is the, yo, you need to be in sports. Don't mean yeah. I gave up anything else, but that's what it boiled down to. And you could hoop, man. You you know, you got a great basketball mind. You we spent a lot of time, you know, hooping on them little middle schoolers and, and schooling them outside and in the gym and you know, having a lot of fun. And I think something that you named, which was the faith, is so important because like you said, if you don't believe in yourself, like who's gonna believe in you? Um, and there's there's no point in time in which that isn't applicable, man. Like it doesn't, it won't happen. And so I also want to take a moment just to talk about what the third lap is, the name. Um, I was talking to my dad the other day. and He was like, what is the third lap? Like, what does that mean? And so historically, the third lap of four laps on a track when you're running a mile, the third lap is always the hardest because you already passed the halfway point. The fourth lap is the is the money like you almost home. But that third lap is always the hardest. And so, you know, the third lap podcast came about because I've had so many great conversations with people like yourself and other people that I'll eventually interview on this podcast that have had to overcome difficulty. Right. But like every last one of them, the underlying theme is they overcame it. I'm not bringing anybody on this show that succumbed to or fell victim to the difficulties and never kept it going. Every last person overcame those obstacles. And so I just wanted to put that out there for the first episode. So if people have questions like, where did this dude come up with this name? Like, that's where it originated from. Um, but, you know, as a person that you you talked about that moment on your couch, and shout outs to Josh for motivating you for going back to New York, right? And my grandmother always told all of us as, as her grandchildren, birds of a feather flock together. And so, you know, if you're not surrounding yourself with people that think and believe the same things as you, you're not going to get to where you're trying to go. And like, that's imperative to surround yourself with the right people, with the right mentality that are going in the right direction. And so I'm glad that you took that step back and made that happen for yourself. You're listening to the Third Lap Podcast with Mal Davis. Yeah. We're here now, right? And so, you know, you you spoke to us about your origination. You spoke to us in depth about like the difficulties that you faced. It's now September, 2020. Where should we headed next? I had to get my, my head right. I had to get myself back in the huddle. Yeah. Um, what is it that you do? You know, a lot of times when you, you jump out of college or, or, or you go back to get a degree and you jump out sometimes, either or, you, you know, you may not see something for six months. You may not see a job offer for six months, eight months, maybe a year. So with that, I jumped in my bag. I said, you know what? I always wanted to own my own content. Let me create Sharif D. King Media. Yeah. Um, then I turned around and said, you know what? Something I always wanted to do was give back, you know? So I created 
a male lifestyle media platform called His Crown, which is basically not just a website or a phone app, but it's also a space for Generation Z boys and millennial men to follow. It's a manual script. It's a it's a a way of life. You know what I'm saying? And really what it does is it's kind of like a blueprint of what you need as a man. You know, some of the things I didn't get coming up early on. You know what I'm saying? That is offered there. Like I might have a visual just giving you, you know, step by step process of a big bow tie, a little tie, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Tie, ties or don't why it's important for men to know how to cook or you know, but it's also really centered around young men who are moving and thriving in, in business and media and communications and broadcast and journalism um, to give them a platform. But also for, for young men far and wide to find um, their space, find their peace. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes in the world, men don't have anybody to lean on. Mm-hmm. You know, so this is also one of those platforms to get assistance and to get mentorship on top of a lifestyle platform, cooking, hanging out, picking your friends, you know, all that kind of stuff, you know, just real lifestyle stuff, you know, knowing where to hang out, you know, all of this stuff that men think about coming up and how hard we have it now was, was the, you know, furthermore, the, the biggest puzzle piece um, to make it complete. So between his crown and, you know, Sharif D. King Media, I'm creating that. Now, that doesn't mean that I am moving away from, you know, working for working at my dream job and, and obtaining my dream, my dream job, which is e-news, which is Access Hollywood, which is just the big MTV awards and, yeah. you know, being able to host the VMAs and all of those things, working towards that. Um these are big stepping stones to be able to use my gift to give back, to also own myself in protection. Mm. And lastly, to um, just to further myself in the business. Really. And it's something that you mentioned, which is big, is that owning your own content, right? Which you, you hear a lot of rappers, you know, Jay-Z talks about it all the time, is only your masters. And, you know, why I'm so excited for you as you continue down this pathway is that because of the difficulties that you faced, you never ended up at that dream job before you got the opportunity to comprehend the importance of owning your own content. And so as you step forward as this media mogul, like you own what you create. And like as you push forward this content, like that's money in your pocket, right? Like you're not making pennies on the dollar, like you're going to be making the whole dollar. And, you know, when Drake signed his record deal, you know, you could feel how you want to feel about Drake. But Drake got the most money guaranteed up front with no recoup in the history of the game. And like that's imperative like that set a mold and a model for so many dudes that came after him and for me i see you as a person that will set the the standard for young men and young women that come after you of listen the game has changed you know you can own your content and still work for e-news you can own your content and still be a part of the the viacom media conglomerate right those two things don't have to be mutually exclusive they can be together you can be that same person that does all of those things um and also wanted to give you a chance to just talk about i am sharifdking.com you know you you shared the website with me it's coming soon talk to us a little bit about that what's that going to be looking like here soon so uh with the website it's a chance for me to give 
content, you know, while I'm in search for a new job, right? Um, what is happening is I'm doing like entertainment news briefs called Stay Connected. I'm doing a sports series called uh, You're a Good Sport, which is uh, the lifestyle of athletes, coaches, anybody that works in the realm of sports on and off the field, on and off the court, on and off the ice, whatever right. sport it is, you know, just giving you an in-depth conversation about what's happening in their world. Um, so we have that. And then I'm doing something called a cool story, which is basically me telling people stories, but it's not just artists. Right. I started out the series, you know, capturing artists lifestyle and interviewing them about it. Um, but now I'm creating feature stories and feature packages, which is primarily centered around your everyday people who mm. have stories to tell, who, you know, they had their family business. They relaunched their family business or, you know, how they raised money off of somebody's shoe or, you know, just interesting and intriguing stories about people um city to city state to state and country to country just telling those stories a cool story so i'm going to be doing that and then my podcast my podcast is a culture podcast called king and moves and it's basically to take anybody from athletes artists entertainers whoever it is and to take them to talk about what the culture is offering right now what the culture has done from past to present and I like to call it the Generation Z, the throne. It's it's a it's a space where a threshold, if you will, to kind of like see what the culture has become. You know, yeah. whether it be fashion, lifestyle, sports, or entertainment, it's controlled differently. It's ran differently. People talk about it differently, and so that's what King and Moves is. It's it's about the hardship um, in which the culture is offering and how you navigate through that. And again, as always, I think that if we, we take an overarching theme here from you, it's all about touching on multiple things at once, right? Like you haven't allowed yourself to, like you said, just be in sports. I'm not just in music. I'm not just in movies or entertainment. I'm all of those things. And, you know, as you continue, I really look forward to us sitting back five years from now and be like, yo, we sitting and listening to this episode. Like, man, first, I hope the production quality improves drastically five years from now as far as this production <laughs> goes. Um, but as we sit down and we laugh and we think, you know, man, look at where we were to where we are now. You know, I have no question in my mind that you'll be impactful in so many different lanes and you'll be impactful in so many different ways and continue to set the standards so super high for people and really demolish the competition because people don't look at this the way that you do. And something that, you know, again, the reason why I felt like it was an obligation to have you first is because you also really helped shape my mentality towards my own branding and my own approach to the entertainment industry. Even though I used to rap and spent time in the industry you know, you helped me understand that, like, I was pigeonholing myself in a lot of ways and that you can touch on so many different aspects of entertainment, which is a really wide umbrella of topics and of content and touch on all of those things and not be afraid to do it. Don't let people shame you into thinking you can only do one thing or there's only one lane for you. Like you define yourself. And Sharif, you know, you've done such an incredible job of 
defining and redefining yourself over time. And, you know, I'm excited to see your website and all of the content that you'll be putting out over the next few months and years really continue to flourish. Um, I look forward to working with you on some of those on some of those things. And, you know, as we continue to grow as as entrepreneurs and as, you know, people on the vanguard of the culture, because I like to think that as this continues, like we become the forefront of the culture, right? Like you said, Generation Z will define it, but like they need us to also help shepherd them in the right direction. And so Sharif, you know, continue to really set that definition and, and never waver. And, you know, any of those moments where you feel as though, damn, man, like what's really happening? Think back to that couch and those candles and realize how far you've come because you've made such drastic strides. And so along that same line, I would love to hear who or what is your motivation? Like, what's the why behind all of this, right? Like you've overcome so many things and you've done so many things, but what keeps you pushing? Why do you keep going? You know, my why has changed over time, right? Um, it's easy for us to pick a family member, right. to pick a friend and to say, oh, you know, it, it, you know, I do it for, cause I do, I do do it for my mom. I do do it for my brother. I do do it for all of my family members. I do do it for my friends and loved ones and peers and so on and so forth. But the biggest thing is whenever you're given a gift, it's never about you. It's about the community at large. Yeah. And so when I'm doing this, I'm doing this for years to come. It's about legacy for me. Yeah. And it's not just about me, my name and my jersey hanging up in the rafters. I don't mean that when I say, you know, it's, it's about legacy for me. I mean, what I do now, I hope that it helps the community and the culture for generations to come. What I want to do, I want to shape communities and cultures and environments for years and years to come. Yes, my family will benefit. But it's about the people who stands next to the person that stand next to the person next to my family. It's not the, the, the closest person to my family that I'm looking forward to experiencing um, or, you know, just just um, activating something in my family members. I want to activate something in their friends. I want to activate something in your friends. I want people to just be like, yo, Mal, you know this guy? OK, damn, you know, OK, that's cool. And that's what I'm out to do, man. It's really about that. I mean, if you pay attention to Oprah, and, I, and I'm just going to bring this to light, man. I remember watching Oprah with my grandmother, and my grandmother is older than Oprah. Yeah. So what that taught me was that Oprah spoke to a generation above her mm. and a generation under her mm. and her generation. That's three generations, which let me know how big of a responsibility I have. Sharif D. King, first and foremost, SDK does not just stand for Sharif D. King. That's not why I do this. I do this for style, demeanor, and culture. SDK stands mm -hmm. for style, demeanor, and culture. It is the fashion and the way you do something. It is demeanor, the attitude in which you achieve, the way you go about something, and it's the culture, the culture that shapes the community and the world at large for you to be who you need to be in this world. That is why I exist. That is why SDK was given to me, and this is a God-sent thing. That is why I am looking to take things to the next level and to prosper, and I'm not just looking to be your typical 
TV host, your typical yeah. radio host. You know, this is multimedia. We're taking this to new heights and new levels. And I can assure you that when I touch the TV screen at the next stage of the game, I'm going to do it in a way that's never been done. I'm, I'm going to, you know, set the blueprint and leave my fingerprints and my footprints in the sand a different way because, you know, I, I'm speaking for a new generation of, of people, a different lifestyle, a different uh, aspect, a different outlook on media and broadcasting communication. So we had gatekeepers. We had Steve Harvey's and Ryan Seacrest's and Dick Clark and, you know, uh, the list goes on. Mario Lopez. Uh, you know, the list just, it continues to evolve. But for me, I consider myself and, and, and I consider you, Mal, one of the new gatekeepers of this thing. You know, w w it's time for us to really uh, bridge the gap and cut ties with the negative energy that follows behind your past because you feel like in your past you wasn't successful. Right. This time around, we're teaching people how to realign and to, to refurbish, to represent mm -hmm. you know, on, on a new level, on a new landscape. We're coming different this time around. And, you know, what we present, we're bringing things back full force. You know, every 10 years to 20 years, we see the same fashion styles repeated. We've seen right. a lot of the same things because the last generation don't really know about it. So I'm hoping to get a chance to touch on a 106 in parks, you know, maybe get a new, a new, uh, a new way of, of presenting that. You know what I'm saying? Just a lot of the things that we're doing, I'm just being smart about it. Going to these networks and saying, hey, not only can I host, but I can create I can create a show. I can create a blueprint. I can cultivate something for you, some content for you that will, will be gold for years yeah. to come. It's not me being an on-air talent. It's not just me being a producer. It's not just being a, a content creator, but a curator of the culture. Yeah, a couple of things you said I want to touch on. The first is Oprah. So with my grandmother, I remember watching, and I said something, something about Oprah. And so two people you could not, two things you couldn't slander in my grandmother's house was Jesus and Oprah, man. And so if you if you spoke down on Jesus and Oprah, it was a done deal for you, bro. Oprah, and Oprah. so, you know, I learned a tough lesson that day. I forget what I said about Oprah, but man, my grandmother lit into me, man. And so <laughs> shout out to my nana. You know, she passed away. Um, and, you know, I think that, she was so impactful in me understanding the importance of what you said that Oprah spanned generations. And like, I don't want people to not comprehend what you just said, because what you said right there was gold. Everything you said today was gold. But that highlight that you made there was so important because I don't think folks understand the importance of being able to touch generations above you at your level and beneath. Right. And so, you know, with this podcast, that's my hope is that people my parents age and their 60s and 70s can listen and find something that is worthwhile. I'm 35, people of my generation and demographic can find it, but then I can also tap into Generation Z and 10 and 12 year olds and maybe even eight year olds can listen to this. And also why, if you know me, I curse a lot, but you won't find but too much profanity in this because I want people to be able to listen to this across the board and across the table and, and not have to, okay, I got to you know, monitor this for my child because the content isn't something I want my kids to hear. You know, I think that that ability to touch so many different demographics makes you marketable, can become profitable, but ultimately it gives you a chance to be able to speak to so many different people. And when you spoke about legacy, I feel like that's where the legacy component comes in. 
also want to speak on something that you said, which was really important, which is being the gatekeepers and the difference between folks like ourselves and maybe people that came before us is that neither of us are afraid of opening up opportunities to other young men and women and trans people, you know, whoever it may be that's interested in becoming the next us. I'm not afraid of competition. I hope I create somebody that eventually does what I do better than me and replaces me. Because by the time you replace me, I was ready to move on to something else because I'm already ahead of the curve. So, I, you know, I, we're not afraid of opening up doors and opportunities for other young men and women and, and, and they to come behind us and do this because it's imperative, right? Like we get so caught up in this slave mentality of it can only be one can only be one black man. It can only be one black woman. It can be only one trans person that can be in this space and occupy it. And like that came to us from somebody outside of our community. And so when you talk about curating and being the gatekeepers of the culture, it's important that we do away from that aspect of our culture and realize that competition, we don't have to compete with one another, right? We could all win in this game together. There's enough opportunity and monetary investment to go around that we don't have to cut each other off at the legs in order to make things happen. Um, and so, you know, as we become the vanguards and the gatekeepers, I want folks to understand that like the difference that we're trying to hone in on is that we're not afraid to help other people become great. And so as other folks that are younger than us, maybe even our age are looking to make this transition, we want to encourage you. We want to give you a pathway. Like you said, you you creating a blueprint. And I know Sharif, Sharif is going to share that blueprint. Now give Sharif his credit. Don't be out here, you know, trying to ride the wave and then not saying that you got the wave from that man. But, you know, on the same note, I don't see you as a person. And I know myself, I'm certainly not a person that's ever going to prevent somebody from being great. That's the whole purpose. You're listening to the Third Lap Podcast with Mal Davis. Yeah. You know, Sharif, as we kind of get towards like the tail end of this, I would love to have you share some motivational thoughts with the people, man. You know, this whole podcast and, and you know i know when i sit down and i edit this and i'm, I'm listening to it i'm gonna just be like man this dude i'm gonna walk away from this uh, a changed person because of all of the things that you've already laid out but you know this is the opportunity that i like to give people to really is there any motivational thoughts for anybody it could be for everybody it could be for a specific group of people but this is your chance to kind of just lay it all out there like what do you want people to walk away with what is your message to the folks that listen to the show? Well, first of all, I want people to walk away with themselves. That's the Absolutely. biggest piece. Walk away with yourself. Walk away knowing that you're bold, you're brilliant, you're persistent, you're consistent. You are archiving change in every step of the way. Mm. Anytime you do something, you're happy with it. You know, you've activated something new. What I'm noticing now is that there's so many people who just don't believe in themselves anymore. They're not confident anymore. The way that you lack confidence is the way that you're gonna lack support. One person is a million. So if you concentrate on getting one person to believe what you are, and you really are what you say you are, right? And I mean that in every sense of the world because I can go on Instagram and say that I'm an actor and nobody can tell me anything different. If right. I put it in my bio, I am an actor. <laughs> You can say what you want and be like, oh, yeah, you know, well, what, what movies has he been in? You know, that's that's the that's the mindset that other people have. But you can easily surpass them and say, well, I didn't say what kind of actor. I can be an aspiring actor. I didn't say I was an award-winning actor. I said I was an actor. I could have acted in plays. Guess what? When you do it for two minutes, one minute, 
three seconds. You are that. Yeah. Own that. Have confidence and consistency in that and continue to propel yourself. Whether you propelling will lead to you actually advancing. But don't think about advancement and you don't have the confidence or the persistency to be who you say you want to be. Yeah. That's Period. it, man. Straight like that. Right. And I love the, the note that you made around if you do it for I'm a podcaster now, you heard? So I'm official out here. You know what I mean? We this is the first episode, ain't even released yet. It's gonna be out, but I'm a podcaster, it's official. So you know, that claim it, man. I wanna just piggyback that and, and really drive that point home. It's you know, if you walk away with any episode, but definitely with Sharif's and what he said is claim, claim who you are, claim your time, claim your space be authentic because authentic will always resonate with the people right and, and you know you may never be an award winning anything but if you have the respect of your peers like i think about don Cheadle, right and i read this article about don Cheadle where there was all of these award-winning actors and all of these people that make so much more money than don Cheadle, but they all said the same thing is that don Cheadle is a scene stealer and that they were afraid oftentimes to act with Don Cheadle because he was so good at what he does and he's so authentic in who he is. And, you know, when I read that, I took so much away from it as a person and as an aspiring professional because I was like, okay, you know, I'm in talent right now. I work in education and I'm like, anytime somebody interacts with me, I want them to feel that way. They're like, man, Mal is so good at what he does. He makes me want to be great. And, you know, I know interacting Sharif with you, you make me want to be great. And, you know, when folks hear this episode, I know they're going to walk away no matter what age they are, no matter what they're doing in life. They're ready to actualize their greatness because you perpetuate and you personify greatness. And so, you know, it was a godsend you was named Sharif King, right? Your last name is King, King Sharif. You flip it around and it's perfect because you are a king. You are an embodiment of royalty on this planet, man. And so, you know, also I want to give a chance to you. What are you reading right now? Is there any books or any books previously that have helped you kind of get to where you are or where you're trying to go? So he's, get, he, books, he's getting man. up to go look at the library right now. <laughs> uh, I want to say, um, and this is this is for, for some people who feel they want to be energized and want to push through. Uh, you got You're a Badass Every Day. There's a series. There's a red. There's a blue book. There's a green one and there's a yellow one. One is about money. This is about every day. Um, that series, I'm reading something called Turning White. It's a memoir of change. It's uh, Lee Thomas. That's just about turning the bad into good. He's a TV personality. He turned that into good, found himself, and realized that life wasn't over. Something I just got is the formula. It's uh, the universal laws of success. This thing is it's got some gems on it. It's got some gems on it. And uh, this other thing that's really important to me is David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me. Now, that's something that I, you know, preferably you, preferably you, you need to pick that up. I'm on it, brother. Text uh, that to me because I'm, I'm going to get that one. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a send that to you. Um, and I, I'm just into reading all types of things, man. If you got a book for me to listen to, I'm talking about new author, old author, been been an author. Send it my way. Hit me up, man. Social media, whatever the case. I'm into reading people's stories, man, and letting it resonate with where I am. Sometimes you just never know. You can walk down the street and look down at somebody's license plate, and I can pretty much tell you where your next place is going to be. Mm. 
You know what I'm saying? Uh, you can look around, you can look up in the sky, or you can see a sign in the air that might tell you what you need to be doing. Right. Pay attention to what's around you. Books, stay knowledgeable, continuously build wisdom and knowledge around your peers and encourage somebody to teach you something. Let your peers encourage you to teach them something. Continuously learn and flourish and move through the universe because this planet has a lot more to offer than what we were actually told and taught. It's just we don't come out every day and see things. You know what I'm saying? Just you walking down a flight of steps. Got a story to it. Absolutely, man. And I, I'm gonna create a actual like reading list for the third lap podcast because this is one of the questions I'm gonna ask everybody. And I think that it's important for us to learn from each other. And so, you know, I'm gonna add the books that you suggested. I have one that I always throw out there, which is The Alchemist, um, which is, you know, it was transformational for me. Most people that I talk to have actually never read it, which is crazy. But Paulo Coelho, uh, that book changed everything for me and it taught me so much about the importance of owning who you are and owning the present and, you know, really echoes the sentiment that I feel like you set in this uh, podcast episode today. And so, you know, definitely we'll, we'll share the links to and share our information about the books that you suggested. Um, and, you know, I'll continue to share the books and, and suggestions. And I'm hoping that you're listening to the podcast when it comes out every Friday, Sharif. So, you know, you're going to be able to hear the books too, but it's an ongoing process, man. You know, my grandmother my mom's mom, so not the one that blacked on me about Jesus and Oprah, but my mom's mom who passed away when she was 98, she set the example for learning something new every day. And, you know, one day I asked her, she was like 96 years old. And I'm like, grandma, she actually got LASIK surgery so she could read again because she she wanted to continue to pursue education and pursue just being intelligent, one of the smartest people I've ever met. And, you know, she's like 95, 96, and I'm calling out, you know, I'm a smart ass. So I'm like, Grandma, you're 95. Like, you ain't nothing left for you to learn. And, you know, she laughed. She chuckled a little bit, but then she got serious. She was like, Malcolm, even if it's just learning how to tie your shoe different, even if it's a new recipe, even if it's a new way to work, you always have to learn something new every day. You always have to feed your brain. Your brain is a muscle. Your brain needs exercise and always be exercising your intelligence. And I was like, damn. And so, you know, I've learned and I continue to preach that, you know, learn something new every day from the smallest little thing to the biggest new skill, whatever it may be. Always be pushing yourself to learn more and learn something new and diverse because it can never hurt. And so, Sharif, as we're going to wrap it up here, you know, I want the people to be able to find you on social media. I'm also going to have your social media links in the actual post when the podcast, when a podcast episode comes out. And so where can people find you on social media? Uh, it's at I'm Sharif D. King on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. But you can also find that on my website, I am Sharif D. King. Yep. Um, his crown.com will be up soon. And Sharif D. King Media, the company spot, that'll be up soon too. So Sharif D. King Media.com is on the way just as well as his crown. But for now, everything is I am Sharif D. King um, at I am Sharif D. King at I am Sharif D. King.com. And, and just visit me there, man. I, I want to say um, one or two things before I get out of here because of course. You know, social media and sharing my links and all of that is cool. But I want to leave something for other people to follow that's bigger than that. The moment that you realize that you can learn from a newborn, that's the minute you're going to grab life differently. When a newborn teaches you something, and I'm not talking about parenthood. I'm not talking about you having a newborn baby. I'm not talking about that. But the minute a, a baby... One month, two months, three months, one year, two years, three years old, 
can teach you something different, you're in a new element, a new stage of life. Secondly, I want to say this. Every day, do it like it should last. You've heard that. It's cliche, but I'm telling you again. Why? Because every day is a Wednesday. That's my slogan. I don't spell Wednesday W-E-D-N-E-S-D-A-Y. I spell it W-I-N-S hyphen D-A-Y because every day is a Wednesday. When you realize that every day you get up, you're going to feel like a champion. You're going to move like a champion. It's the crown life. It's the crown culture. The minute you grasp that, you won already. Nobody else could ever tell you that you got a trophy or you deserve one because you already got it. That's all I'm going to say. That's it, man. And, you know, I'm an Eagles fan. Everybody know me. You know, I cheer for the Eagles. And, you know, I can't stand Chip Kelly. He he ain't do too much for us. But one thing that Chip Kelly said that resonates with me and I share with folks is right along the lines of what you're saying, which is win today. Right. You can't control tomorrow. Yesterday already happened. But you can absolutely wake up and win today. And so any day that I wake up and I'm blessed to have breath in my lungs, I, I take advantage. And that's what led to this podcast, because I felt like I wasn't taking advantage of the time and the energy and creativity that I had. And I wanted to find the positive way to really streamline some of my frustrations. And that's frustrations behind Breonna Taylor and Tamir Rice and George Floyd and all of these brothers and sisters that we've lost to police brutality and, you know, even to our own black on black crime. And, you know, there's there's a whole argument around black on black, black on black crime isn't a real thing. And, you know, to we'll get to that kind of stuff later. But what I do want to say is that we've seen so many people perish for us to get to where we are, that it's imperative that we take advantage of each and every day that we're blessed with. And so, you know, Sharif, I want to thank you first and foremost for taking the time out to speak with me today. Um, I really appreciate all of the words of just knowledge and wisdom that you share, the transparency around even your own difficulties and your depression, but also just the motivation that you provide. And I got a chance to now share this motivation that kind of was stuck between me and you with like a whole broader audience now. And, you know, like I said, man, I look forward to five years, 10 years, 20 years from now when we sit in and we, you know, we've established ourselves and our families and our legacies. And we look back on our very humble beginnings together and even back to this episode, which will live in infamy or live forever. I should say not necessarily infamy, but will always exist because of the Internet. We'll be able to sit and be proud of what we've done. Um, and so, you know, this is one step towards so many more that we have to take. But I'm glad that I got a chance to take this first step with you. I'm so blessed and honored to have you as my first guest on this podcast. You know, I couldn't imagine, again, a better person to interview and in because you and I have a bond and a kinder spirit and a kinder connection that I think was imperative for this to be the very first episode of the Third Lap Podcast. And so, Sharif, man, again, you know, like you said, it's the crown mentality, man. It's a Wednesday. What's today? Monday, right? It's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday every day, man. And so, you know, again, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate everything that you brought to this podcast um, and just everything that you brought to my life in the time that I've known you. And I really am just so inspired by you every single day. Likewise. And I'm blessed to have you and I'm blessed to even be on your platform, man. It's a huge thing to be the first of, of many to come. And I'm looking forward to it. You said every Friday I'm tuned in. Every Friday, man, we'll be here. So it starts September 25th and we'll be rocking out every single Friday. And so you can look to the social media. I just got the logo in today. So the logo is official. The LLC is being established as we speak. And so by the time this podcast launches on September 25th, which is my 35th birthday. So, you know, it's all coming full circle for the kid, man. 
um, you know, it'll be it'll be a celebration. Like this is where I put the applause in and post. It'll be some applause in here and post. So you'll probably hear some clapping that we can't hear right now, but the clapping is happening. Um, and again, Sharif, man, I appreciate you, brother. Likewise. Likewise. This has been another episode of the Third Lab Podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please go to the thethirdlappodcast.com for additional content. And you can find us on all the social media outlets at thethirdlappodcast.com. Please reach out to Mal Davis if you have any questions or like to share feedback. Please share all of our content. And please reach out if you also like to be featured on the Third Lap Podcast. We're always looking for more dope people to come on and share their stories. You're listening to the Third Lap Podcast with Mal Davis.